Hello, and welcome to the Joplin Toadcast, brought to you by JoplinToad.com. This episode's guest is Jorge Leva, a sculptor and painter who came to Joplin, Missouri from Peru, found his way as an artist, and has spent 30 years in Joplin making art and showing his work around the country. Our host, Mark Nineswander, talks with Jorge about his life journey as an artist, his heart for his city, and his thoughts on creating. Here we go. Welcome to the Joplin Toad, the Joplin Frog. No, no. Toad. The Joplin Toad, huh? Welcome to the Joplin Toad. Now we're talking with uh, Nine Wonder. Oh, you said it correctly. It's not as fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how he said it the first time. Uh, what, what was it? Nuschwender. Nuschwender. You know, I mean, your last name is... It's completely incorrect. I wonder which gets uh, pronounced incorrectly more often, your first name or my last name? My first name is a lot more fun. <laughs> How many people are just like, good to meet you, George? <laughs> a lot. Lately, I've been having a lot of that, particularly oh, with uh, ladies that don't, uh, ladies that don't, don't, don't want to make a, uh, mistake or you know mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah yeah you know they, they said can i call you george <laughs> yes of course you can call me george you wouldn't be the first one <laughs> you can it won't be right but you can call me that yeah but i but i said uh that most people now make an effort to call me jorge and you know they said then i'm gonna call you jorge <laughs> but it's like a jorge <laughs> Horse, of course, you can call me Horse. <laughs> so exotic, so exotic. <laughs> well, I guys, still rem- I still remember um, uh, Val Christensen. The whole time that I was a student at Missouri Southern, he called me Georges Leve. Georges Leve, and I he thought, just really oh, wanted it sounds, to rhyme. Sounds kind of French, or uh, you know, very foreign. Ooh, kind of sexy. <laughs> well, you are very foreign and very sexy. So. <laughs> besides that (laughs) so so guys we're here today i let him introduce it but uh with with jorge leva uh he is a joplin born artist no he's not joplin born at all (laughs) his 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 accent is a dead giveaway isn't it no Uh, but actually i am a joplin born artist because here's where i became an artist Oh, I like it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So not Joplin born human, but a Joplin born artist. That's exactly right. <laughs> so uh, many of you know who Jorge is. Um, some of you don't. If you are in the Joplin area and you've driven around and seen some bright red sculptures around town, uh, those are probably Jorge's. And that's probably the quickest way to place to identify his work. There's one in front of uh, the Joplin Library. There's one in front of Spiva Center for the Arts. Um and in quite a few other places, he has one up in Springfield now. There's there's one in Chicago, um, in addition to to our little city. Um, but today, we just want to get to know Jorge a little bit better. So um, I would love for you to talk a little bit about, it's always the big question, how, how did you end up here? <laughs> Tell people where you're from and a little bit of your, your life journey up to the point of Joplin Artist. Wow. It's a long journey, but I'm going to make it very short. I was born in 
a little city in Peru, South America. Uh, I came to Joplin in 1980, 81, something like that. Uh, and I came to study engineering. <laughs> and I uh, started at Missouri Southern uh, with a pre-engineering uh, <coughs> degree. And then my hope was that Rolla was going to be my next stop mm. for electronic engineering. Along the way, uh, between not speaking the language very well <laughs> and a lot of uh, bad influences, oh, you know, uh, I I didn't I, I didn't do very well. And at the time, I needed a three point five GPA to be able to keep my visa. Mm. So I decided, well, I gotta I gotta make something a little easier for me at the time. That's what I thought. It was easier to go and take an art class so that... Oh, little did yeah, you know. Little did I know, yeah. Because <laughs> art's so much easier. <laughs> <clears throat> That's exactly right. And um, uh, so I can, you know, satisfy the GPA for my visa. Well, it was dwindling down to 3.6 or something like that. And I thought, oh, my God. This is going to be very, very hard. But eventually, you know, I did go and took some uh, classes that allow me to do that, right? So I can stay. And one of the classes that I uh, that I took also was Spanish, and they threw me out of class. <laughs> what did you do? Uh, I, I enrolled and 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 taking Spanish as a, as a as an elective. And when I went to the class, he said, what are you doing here? I said, I'm taking the class. He said, no, you're not. Get out of here. You you know Spanish. <laughs> <clears throat> so I said, okay. <laughs> he said, go that's take a, English. That's a pretty gutsy move oh, to, yeah. to take a Spanish <laughs> class when you're from Peru. <laughs> <clears throat> hey, I needed the grade. <laughs> I thought it would be an easy A. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they, they sent me to... To, to take English, and uh, the next year, I insisted in that I take Spanish, and they said, you want to you take Spanish? Okay, that's good, but you're going to have to take a literature class. So I went to take a literature class, and I thought, hey, it's an easy A. Oops, oh, what a no. mistake it was. Yeah, I got a professor where they, where they where, you know, he thought, um, no, it was not going to make it easier for me. So I got a B. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, short story long. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do here. Yes. <laughs> short stories made long, the Joplin yeah. Toad cast. Short story long. <clears throat> I, uh, I came uh, with my adopted family to Joplin. Um, to mainly to study English, actually, uh, so that I will have, uh, um, you know, a better, a better opportunities, you know, uh, wherever I find myself, you know, speaking English at the time was really incredible, necessary and important. Mm -hmm. 
And, uh, you know, we're talking 30 years, 30, you know, over 30 years ago, 36, 37 years ago. And I'd give you a, a B on your English now, at least. Yeah, at least. <laughs> yeah. Not, not a C. I mean, thank you. B yeah, plus, yeah. maybe B I plus. Mean, uh, you know, B minus, maybe. But B minus. Oh, thank you. Yes. Um, but uh, everybody left and I stayed behind. And um, I, I, I was embraced. Uh, I must say I was embraced by the people in Joplin, uh, at least the circle that I was able to belong to or at least live among, you know, and they uh, they were so supportive and they were so wonderful that uh, it made me love Joplin, mm. you know, and I love Joplin not because of Joplin per se, but because of the people. Yeah. And I think, to and I think uh, until today, I would say today, uh, I have been a Joplin resident for the entire time that I have been in America. And the people has always been one of the reasons why I would have never wanted to go anywhere else. And I wow. have been all over the United States, every state of the, uh, in the States, I think, um, I don't know, maybe one or two states that I, I could escape, but, but. Uh, Every now and then you see a mountain or something like that. <clears throat> that's exactly that, right. That'd be pretty nice. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I love Joplin because of the people. And through, I, I would say I had lived through a generation of people uh, which uh, have changed because of the times. Mm -hmm. But the basic principles of people in Joplin have not changed. You know, we, we still find really good people here. Mm. And it is actually one of the things that I believe identifies Joplin is his people. Absolutely. You know, and I, I don't, I, I wouldn't want to change that for anything. I think that's interesting. I've been in lots of conversations where people are talking about, you know, what is Joplin's identity? Or what is it's, you know, as people talk about, you know, what, what would a Joplin logo look like or what should be on the Joplin flag or what should, you know, what, what is this? Because for a while, you know, we had, we were the, the tornado town. Oh yeah. <laughs> we had to get away from that. You know, every time you turn, you turn the TV and you saw, or, or the internet and you saw pictures of Joplin, they'll show you the tornado. Right. Yeah, and it's been, it's been and still, you know, years. you go somewhere else and you go, oh, yeah, the that tornado, tornado hit you got, you know, and you're like, yeah, eight years ago. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. I still encounter that. And funny enough, my work actually changed with the tornado and it remained there, hmm. you know, uh, with that kind of identity. Now, that's that is interesting because we're not, you know, obviously we, we don't want our identity wrapped up in that. Um, and a huge part of our identity is the people, but we also can't get away from the fact that, that it did change us a little bit. Exactly. You know, exactly. How, how would you, how do you feel it, it changed your work? And, and, and I think in my work became about identity, uh, and it was specifically, if not particularly because of the people, you mm. know, people's identity, uh, had a shift, uh, after the tornado. Uh, you, you, I didn't. I did not understand what it was happening uh, with people having lost so much of their belongings and their properties mm -hmm. on 
uh, how they will renew themselves, you know, and and I think that people identify themselves with their houses, mm-hmm. they identify themselves with their neighborhoods, and it was difficult when everything was erased. There was no neighborhood. There was no houses. Yeah, you know, people so lost left their with identity. Saying, well, what what are we then? That's right. And uh, at least one third of Joplin, you know, mm. went through that and uh, renewing it. Then I saw that people wanted to come back more. You know, I mean, there, there's all kinds of influences, of course. You know, there are outside influences that, yeah, you change, you become more modern, you become more updated, you know, but I think it, with with that, you have to change who you are a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, you become uh, an, a, a person with different way of thinking, you know, and that was, that was interesting to me. You know, it was interesting to me to hear people talk about after the tornado, how, you know, what, what it did to them, hmm. but what did not change was the basic root and, 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 and the foundation, you know, under which Joplin was had already an identity, you know, and it, and it was his people, mm. you know, the people the people came back strong, but they didn't become different, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> they were still the same wonderful people that had been before the tornado, you know. What he changed it was, you know, you know how they chose to live after that, but. Who who they were was still really pretty much intact. I think mm. uh, it did brought up new new things in themselves. You know that that of course we identify them as resilient and strong and mm. overcomers. You know overcomers. All of those adjectives that we use to describe sometimes. You know what happened after a disaster, but I don't think that gave people their identity. They already were that way, mm. you know. Uh, I, I think it took it took something like a tornado, a disaster, to actually grow up all of that that people were already. To kind of prove to people this is, of course, this is who you are. Of course. But I believe Joplin has always been very strong, mm. you know. That's a cool um, thought that mm-hmm. we... <clears throat> yeah, I think there was a lot of emphasis on, you know, oh, you guys overcame and, you know, mm-hmm. and all that. But I, I think that I, I haven't heard many people address that. They're like, maybe you already were that way. <laughs> this just kind of proved it. And, and, I, and I think my work actually turned to that because uh, I started to, to look uh, at even how I reacted you know, to all of those changes. Sure. And it gave me an opportunity to actually talk about my town more. Mm. You know, uh, I, I cannot do my work without thinking that this town had a lot to do, you know, with the philosophies and changes that went in my work. Uh, and it was because, you know, the comfortability yeah. that I that I feel with the support and 
in the foundations that this town actually gives the citizens, you know, I mean, I, which I am one of them. Mm -hmm. And so I have a lot of respect, a lot of love, a lot of uh, admiration for, uh, and a lot of pride for, uh, you know, my town. Uh, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of wonderful to think uh, that you belong to something special. That's so cool. So uh, let me ask this, and this is an ignorant question, uh, but were you painting, I know that, that houses show up a lot in your, in your paintings and in your sculptures. Is that something that you were, <clears throat> that was in your work before the tornado? No, hmm. no, not really. Um, I, I think it was a version of it. It was a version of it because I was doing nests. Mm. Uh, and I another version of home. Yes, it was. It, it was, but it was about the people uh, that mm, you know. I I, I was uh, I, I never really thought about birds necessarily. Mm -hmm. You know, I I every time I use an animal or I use a uh, whatever uh, means of something pretty, mm -hmm. you know. It, it, I, I try to make a human. How we identify or how we can identify with the things that are around us. And in other words, how do we identify with nature? You know, um, so my work has always had to do with, you know, that relationship that we have with nature. You know, and the birds making the nest, it remind me of people uh, and their houses, mm. you know, how, how do we protect them? How do we live in it? How, uh, how different people do different things with their houses and like birds, you know, some, some birds abandon the nest, others come and take it over, you know, I mean, <laughs> that kind of stuff happen also in, 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 hum, in humanity, you know, and, um, and how some birds, uh, build beautiful nests to attract beautiful birds, you know, female birds. Mm -hmm. and how others just don't care about, mm -hmm. you know, they, they build shacks, you know, because <laughs> they know they're just going to abandon it after uh, some birds take pride in what they build. You know, they take time, they make it beautiful. They, they take a lot of time and they are uh, even contemporary, you know, <laughs> I've seen some nests that are incredibly elaborate, uh -huh. you know, and beautiful. And then I've seen others, that looked like somebody was learning how to do a nest, <laughs> you know, but I still got the lady. <laughs> so uh, I, I always tried to use things that I think it had to do with the human condition. Mm. And because of that, it also became, you know, social commentary and uh, sometimes political, mm. you know. And I always tried for my work to talk about the different levels of life, you know, not just art, mm -hmm. but, you know, if you want about, if you want to talk about politics, you can touch in the art. If you want to talk about, you know, religion, you touch in the art. If you want to talk about, you know, social problems or events or whatever, you touch in the art. And I think art should be universal. You should, you should touch on everything because when we talk about our experience, our experience is not defined by anything in particularly, you know, in particular, our experiences are defined 
by the whole of what we do in our life, you know, even daily, mm-hmm. how we move around. You know, we are busy people. You know, we are not stuck up in one thing. You know, our minds are always wandering everywhere. And so uh, I, I, I tend to, to uh, sometimes uh, as much as, you know, an artist that I am, you know, I, I can become very bohemian very quickly <laughs> and go in tangents. And sometimes people don't understand me what I even say and because Oh, I, I know what you mean. Once I once I get going, oh my gosh, it's like a whole new world start to open for me, you know, mm-hmm. and I can't help but to go in these different tangents. So if I get lost in your question, you know, <laughs> please know that I know what I'm talking about. You just don't understand me. <laughs> Okay, so you're not you're you're not rambling. No, you're I'm not. not. <laughs> no, you kidding me? No, I don't ramble. I My don't favorite know. part about this right now is is you're talking about birds, and I'm looking out the window, and you have turkeys wandering oh, around yeah. in your front yard. <laughs> just just one of those like what? The and they heck? like to mess a lot. I mean, because you know, it's like what? So mess. why do you have turkeys? Where where do the turkeys come from? Because even though I live. In, in close to the middle of town, because this is really just about a couple of minutes from downtown. Yeah. It's like I'm in the country. So I live with the animals. It, I mean, talk about a human being. So these are in nature. Wild turkeys. Yes, they're wild turkeys. But you, they almost feel domesticated because they're in your front yard, like just wandering around. <laughs> they they do, don't they? Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I think it's kind of... Uh, it's, it's kind of silly to say this, but uh, when people come over here, they they ask me if they can come and hunt the turkey, mm. you know. And uh, I kind of, uh, I, 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 you know, I don't care what people do, you know, but uh, I'm thinking, well, if it is close to Thanksgiving, I guess it would be a good excuse. But right now, they are just decorative items. Well, also, you know, like... I, I'm I'm not a hunter by any means, but I'm, I feel like part of hunting is the the thrill of the hunt and the challenge of it. And they're just wandering around the yards. <laughs> like, where's the sport in that? that that's, <laughs> that's the most wonderful thing. I mean, you can you can go out out there and have and have something for dinner already, and you don't even have to go to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, well, if, you, if you want meat, there's a lot of deer in the evening. I mean, if, if you come in here five o'clock in the afternoon, you're gonna see. Deer going by like a highway. Oh my gosh. There's a lot of deer going by because in the other side, we have 30 acres of land where, you know, the deer go and I guess they. See, I grew up on 30 acres of woods. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. But not in the middle of town. <laughs> oh, I know. In the middle of nowhere. It's just incredible, so, isn't it? It does. It feels like you've crossed over into like a some kind of portal or something when you get to to your your house, your studio. Well, like, this is this you're is in the middle portal. of town, and there's this neighborhood, and then you drive down this road, and down at the end, you see it looks like a castle. <laughs> like what? What is that down there? And it's it's your studio, and it's just nobody knows it's here. It's fascinating. It's a fascinating space that you've, you know, when, you've when, created. When people come, I, I, believe it or not, neighbors have come and they think it, they, it's a discovery. And, and I am thinking, if you discover me, then I didn't hide very well. 
<laughs> well, you're not you know, you're not but... quite trying to hide. I don't. No, think. no, no, no. But <laughs> that, no, that no, is no, the no. difference between you and a lot of artists, though. Is a lot of artists, I think, you know, kind of they they their space is very sacred. You know, they're they're introverted and they, which and it, and you know you do need your safe space, but you've you make your studio very open. And so it feels kind of hidden away, but you invite I, I people think, here a lot. I think art is made to be shared. I, I, I think if, 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 if you're trying to do something for yourself, you shouldn't be an artist. Mm. Uh, I, I think you need to time to work, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah. You, need, you need a little bit of solitude when you're working and all of that because it's, it's part, of the, part of the artwork. But really, art is to be shared. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you cannot share your art, uh, you're not you're not just sharing the art, but you're sharing the space in which you make the art. That's what I think is fascinating, and I think is a little bit more rare. Is you you open up your studio and you tell people like, yeah, come come hang out, come visit me in the space where I am creating. You know, so it's not just the art itself that you're sharing. Yeah, but but I I, I also I also you know it's it's a working studio it's a, it's a working place you know that is not a place where it's a gallery and it's open to the public you know 24 hours a day or sure. you know five you know eight to five or anything like that you know Don't i mean i invite people <laughs> no no if they call but, me or, or or you know if they want to come it's fine but uh there, there are times where i'm just working sure and i don't have time for yeah you know uh, well, and I think it's it's cool the way you've said it. You're in a what feels like a pretty secluded space, yeah. you know, and so you have a lot of built-in quiet here. Yeah, so like and, I said, and you still invite others into that. Regularly. Yeah, and the, and the reason I, I I chose to be a little more secluded is not really because I wanted to I wanted to hide myself from from everybody or you know to do the work or anything like that. It was out of respect for people that I knew that I was going to work at night. I was going mm. to make some noise. <laughs> you're, and, you're out there and, welding. Of course. And, yeah. You know, I, I, I don't want to be a menace to, to neighborhoods or to people, you know. And it allows me the freedom to actually be an artist, mm. you know. Uh, and I think it is a, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful um, um, avenue to be very creative, mm-hmm. you know, uh, toward the distractions of, of a city, the distractions of people, you know, there, there are quiet moments in here where I can close my gate. If I don't want anybody, I, I can close my gate and I can just, you know, be completely in only my underwear and, and, and just weld, you know, Complete, almost can completely. I, can naked. I take a portrait of you welding in your underwear? Is oh, that... yeah, I, I do that, man. I mean, I mean, look at look at this. Look at these arms. Oh look at these God. legs, man. I, you Got know, scars all over. Yeah, I mean, because because I like the freedom. I like the freedom to do things without being abstracted by a helmet or or some heavy leather on you. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know it's a little bit of a pain. You know. I mean, you're burning all over, but. <laughs> At the same time, literally, <laughs> literally, yeah. That's that's. I guess that's what I'm. I'm. Yeah, trying to point out though, just the artist. I think. Well, everyone has trouble with balance. You know, we have trouble um, balancing out the the need for community and the need for for sacred space. And I, oh, I balance that very well. Yeah. You know where, yeah, that that creating that peace, but then 
inviting other people in and having that space for for both community and creating. You know, I tell you something, I tell you something funny that sometimes working alone, working on, you know, when you have neighborhoods uh, or when you have neighbors that are close enough and you're working and if something happens to you, you know, they can see that you're laying down in the middle of the yard or something, you know, bleeding and they can rescue you. Uh-huh. But when you're isolated, nobody nobody's around, right? Mm. So, uh, one of my experiences here was I was I was grinding something, and the grinding and the grind flew off my hand, and it cut my hand. Ooh. You know, it cut it cut my hand, and I I was bleeding all over. I mean, my studio was just a, a bloody mess, and I thought, what am I gonna do? You know, so I, you know, I kind of, I um, I put. You know, I, I tried to to stop it the the best way I could, and I went to to the to the um, you know one of those what again, urgent care yeah, yeah. one of the clinics yeah and um, and jokingly the, the the doctor asked me you know what did you do and I said well I was trying to commit suicide but I was very unfortunate <laughs> I didn't know how exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I said, so you got a hotline called on you, didn't oh you? Oh my God. She said, this is not a place to do those kind of jokes. Oh, I said, oh no. Well, I'm, I'm so sorry. And the nurse that was there, she said, um, you didn't do it right. You had to do it up and down, not across. <laughs> so she was a interesting doctor. Uh, yeah, I don't know variety of responses there. I said, all right. <laughs> But the point she, was, she understood the joke, <laughs> but the doctor did not understand the okay. joke. You know, and it was not a good place to, to do that kind of joke, I guess. You probably know? not. Yeah. But you you definitely found out who had the darkest sense of humor in the room. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And it was it was kind of scary. <clears throat> it was kind of scary because uh I was uh I was by myself and I didn't know how to drive while holding my Oh no! Know, like applying pressure while yeah. turning a steering yeah, wheel. Exactly. So you, know, you can you can call me if this ever. <laughs> I live, I'm about well, five I minutes away. I, I, I didn't have a over. phone in that moment. It was just you know it, it, it happened and I had to act quickly and I became part of my art. Mm. You know when I came when I came back to it and you know five minutes later you know I came back and I continued to do the same thing. <clears throat> And he was kind of. So you didn't even take the night off. No, it was kind of scary. <laughs> what, what was kind of scary? It was that the blade, which I, I had cut myself with, I was cutting metal with it, and I and I thought it would be different because my blood will, you know, will enhance the cutting, mm-hmm. but it didn't do anything. And I thought, well, the blood in the floor kind of, it kind of reminded me of those forensic file things that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god i'm working on the scene of a crime yeah. <laughs> i think he uh yeah i think he welded the sculpture uh, in this direction of a crime, you can yeah. tell by, yeah. uh, so, so maybe that's so art read. don't make it at home kids okay. yeah dangerous. really <laughs> don't, don't do this don't, at home don't cut yourself don't cut yourself <laughs> this is public announcement yeah yes public announcement you, you better edit, edit this thing you know i mean you don't you don't want to. You don't want to put blood in your interview. Well, we always say we're going to edit things out. We never do. So. Oh my God. <laughs> so this is all in there. 
but we've turned it around. We made it a PSA. We've we've alerted children how to not hurt themselves. Okay, good. Welding at home in the woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With only the turkeys for company. And don't be distracted when you using when you using power tools. And I was actually very distracted. <laughs> it's a good life lesson, and not I just for I could, artists. <clears throat> when you okay, here, here's a good tip. One that I learned not to do. You cannot multitask with power tools. <laughs> I, I think I think most people know this already, but <laughs> there think? might be something. I didn't. I didn't. I was trying to cut with one and well with the other. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's that's amazing. Uh, so so I want to go back. I want to go back into your story a little bit. I yeah. want to go back to those those Missouri Southern days when you're uh, you're getting a B in your Spanish course, oh. <laughs> uh, and you said you, you took an art course. Obviously, something happened between that point and this point. You know what what really what was the moment where you you first thought like maybe I could be an artist on a you know like on a serious level? I I think <clears throat> excuse me. I think it was very clear stated to me uh, because I was getting home in the evenings and I had to do my homework, for example, and I had to deal with uh, physics. You know, I was taking a class in physics and and I, you know, the problems, you know, the, you know, all of the equations and mathematical stuff that you had to do, it was like, oh my God, you know, uh, I found out that it wasn't I wasn't really very good at you know uh doing all of these calculations and numbers and all of that stuff. Mm. It, it was a struggle. Uh because I was very persistent and all of that stuff, I, I got through it, you know. But it wasn't an easy thing that came to me. Uh so I found out that all of that I was doing it for my family. Mm. Because they encouraged me, because they 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 wanted me to do that, even though my ability and my creativity was actually placed in visual rather than, you know, any other uh, theoretical kind of, uh, I don't know what you would call it, classes or, you know. Yeah. Uh, so... I I quickly found, you know, uh, the teachers, without them knowing that I was struggling, they said, uh, are you studying engineering? Why? <laughs> I, have, I have never seen talent like this before. Mm. My God, what you do is just incredible. She said, I, I, you know, there was a teacher, Wong Lig, that was my painting teacher. And he said to me, if, if, if I could paint like you, I wouldn't be teaching. I would be a famous artist. Wow. And I said, wow, what do you, what do you, what do you mean by that? He said, well, you know, just exactly what I'm telling you is you have an ability, you know, that, you know, no, not every artist actually has. And I thought, well, you know, this is a bunch of bull, you know. <laughs> Because what I'm doing is just, you know, I'm doing this. So, uh, and I had done something that even I was surprised because I didn't know I could do. Uh, I, you know, I, I saw an envelope 
in in you know a, a yellow envelope in in one of the chairs, and I thought, oh, I want to do that. So I painted it. I you know I painted it, and then uh, you couldn't see which one was real. <laughs> you know that one in the chair or the one I painted. I mean that clear. Wow. That clear it was. Wow. You know, so somebody came. I I did the envelopes. I I I I put it. I put the envelope in the paper, and then I painted this. Uh, it's a tape, you know, in it. And somebody actually came and tried to take the tape off that oh which was gosh. painted. And I thought this is a lucky shot, you know. I mean, I couldn't believe that I was able to do that. So you hadn't had any like training or experience? No, no, no. Nothing. No, it's just all natural. Wow. So one leader came and he said, okay, I want you to do this. Okay, I want you to do this. And he said, uh, I want you to do this painting. And I, I paint the paper. And he said, holy macro. <laughs> this is the best painting of paper I have ever seen. <laughs> I said, oh, my God. Hey, you know, don't embarrass me. You know, I mean, I don't need anybody to be joking about this kind of stuff, you know, right. because I was already struggling. Already super self-conscious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, so I, I think he was the one that turned me. Hmm. Uh, he, he called me aside and he said, you know, we need to talk. He said, I, I, I need to tell you that uh, your, your ability is placed in making art. He said, um, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what your career is. I don't know what you, you know, but I, I, I think you belong here, you know? And I thought of, Ooh, now what do I do with my family desires and wishes? You know, Oh, that's such a, such a tough place to be. Yeah. I mean, so many artists have been there. So I, um, I, I had to make a decision, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, so between, uh, there had to be a lot of other, other things that had to play a role for me to make a decision what's, what's, what was more important. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, continuing my engineering career uh, gave me a security in life that art would have never done it, mm -hmm. you know, and at the same time, uh, it would have made know who I was. I'm miserable my whole life, but at least I was doing something that was tangible and usable. Mm. Uh, so it was a it was a, an easy decision. I decided, no, I'm going to be an artist. <laughs> 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 I don't want to be tangible. And I want to be useful. Oh man! I want to be. I want to be a bohemian. Uh, no, it was a struggle to. To, to get to that point, you know, and I had to had I I, uh, I I had a support group, you know, the the new adopted family that I had come into, uh, did encourage me to be an artist, mm -hmm. and and I think with that support I was able to do it because in my own, making that decision would have been extreme. And I would have never chosen. So art. was this um, like a host family that you're staying yes. with? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
So uh, they were very supportive. They so were this very is a, supportive. A huge shout out to both teachers and to host families. Oh, absolutely. You know, of course, I, I know a couple of people that are that are hosting international students. And really, like, <clears throat> this is, you know, this will be really cool for them to hear. Uh, and I, and I and I think sometimes, uh, you know, mm, you know, I would say that education has a a, a big role in making decisions or who do you listen to? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would not have listened, you know, to become an artist if I knew that these people were, you know, didn't have the background, didn't have the knowledge, didn't have the, you know, but once, once I hear from people that, that, uh, they, that they do have credibility, yeah, you know, then you had to listen to it, right? Mm-hmm. And I decided, well, okay, you know, it was it was not up to my teacher for me to change, but it was up to the people that I surrounded myself with. If they were supporting what I did, mm-hmm. then I certainly was going to do it. So when I changed, a lot of people came about and they started asking me to do portraits, to do little things, you know. I mean, I had a, a bunch of people asking me to do artwork, mm-hmm. you know, for them, and I. And so that was also another another support system that yeah. I had. I mean, both know. practically and <laughs> that's exactly right. So I was I was in a way I was I was blessed and I was fortunate to find, you know, uh, a community mm-hmm. of people that were supportive, you know, and and mm-hmm. I guess it's, it's it's true, you know, sometimes either take a village. Yeah. Oh, you know, every time I think. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, I you mean, know. and there are artists that. That can create an isolation, but I mean that's very rare, and they burn themselves out very quickly. Yeah, and it usually does not end so well. Yeah, you know? and you know after you you find all of that support, and you find uh, you find a village, you don't want to leave the village. Mm. That's why you're you still know, in Joplin. You 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 want to make good in the village, and then hopefully you become somebody that can enhance the village. Mm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, I mean, it's so interesting. Now you are that person with that credibility that can look into the eyes of someone else and say, "You need to keep doing this." Oh, absolutely. You know, and and I discourage when I see a person, you know, with my struggle, with everything that I have learned, with my experiences and everything. I I can see, I can see that there are people that should not do it. You know, and I would sure. be very frank and sincere and say, no, you know, go do something else. But one thing I will not discourage anybody from doing is be creative. Mm-hmm. Creativity is my number one requirement, you know, for people to be successful in life. Not just artists. Not just artists. Anybody, anybody that one success in their life uh, has to be very creative. Mm. And uh, this is one of the things that I don't want to be misunderstood. You know, um, creativity doesn't equal art by no means. You know, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people that make that connection, you're very creative and they expect to see the results in art. Mm. And that's not true. You can be you can be a lawyer, you can be a doctor, you can be 
an engineer, you can be anybody, you know, you, you, can, you can be a person that, mm, you know, work in a farm and still need to be creative. Creativity is one of the basic, I think, necessities. I, I think creativity is one of the basic necessities. So what is it that, that I mean by creativity? Um, you know how they pe the people said, use your left left side brain and your right side brain, and mm -hmm. one is creative and the other is analytical. Uh, I, I, I think every person needs to be inventive. And the only way to be inventive is by being creative. Mm. So if you give yourself the freedom to be creative, you are going to find ways to get to a destination you know, uh, by different avenues, by different routes, and instead of just following one straight line. Mm. Uh, creativity allows you to, what, what is the word, meander? To, to, <laughs> sure. to wander a little bit. Wander a little bit. Sometimes you miss a lot if you go in a straight line. Yeah. Right? This is, yeah. By being creative, is you 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 can trace other paths and other uncharted territories. Yeah, you and know? this is something I you know if I get too busy in my own life, I'll realize that I'm missing. Every now and then, I'll take a day where I just go to a different town and sit in a coffee shop with a notebook and right. just look at everything. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. How I'm doing everything and how my schedule works and and what directions I'm heading and what I'm focusing on and and how I set up my lists and just step back and think, you know, like you said, let my mind wander, meander a little bit and figure out, you know, is there a more creative way I could do this? Or am I really focusing on what I need to here? Or, you know, what are right. some other possibilities, you know, and that I'm, that I'm not looking at. When, when you use creativity for everything, you, you can use it for anything that you want, but, it, but, how do you learn to be creative in art? <clears throat> it helps you in developing, you know, the creativity to do other things. Mm. You know, because art is so, um, defined, you know, uh, it already has that stigma. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, not other thing has it, you know, so you want to be a lawyer, but you want to be a creative lawyer. So what you do is you think about in terms of the art, you know, because art is very inventive. Art is very much about finding new things that you haven't seen or you haven't done. You know, and then that loosens up, you know, this uh, atrophy, the neurons that you have in your brain, you know, a spark, mm -hmm. you know, you find a new spark and you find new things. And doing it through art is actually much easier 
than it would be, say, if you want to solve a case. It's it's hard to be a postmodern lawyer. You think so? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, I, 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 at least that is what I think that creativity functions, you know, is, is easier to do it through art than it is through, you know, the, the stuff that you are trying to do that is hard, you know. Mm. So For example, saying like- say a doctor, a doctor, you know, has to do a surgery. But in the middle of the in the middle of the surgery, something else occurs, you know, and then you have to be quick at thinking, you know, creatively. How 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 am I going to fix this, right? So if you already have, if you encounter those things and you don't know how to deal with them because you think it's too difficult, then it would be really tough, you know, a tough decision to make, right? Mm-hmm. But if 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 you have used those kind of creative things that you have already losing all of those, all of those, uh, you know, sleeping neuro, sleeping neurons, <laughs> then they're already functioning very, very creatively, you know, and, and art allows you to do that because art is it, not something that is going to be so uh, mm, defining as in life and death, for example, you know, art is, is, is free. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about freeing yourself. It's about just letting yourself go completely. You know, letting your brain actually just wander. Yeah, I, I mean, I I talk about that with artists a lot, especially if they're if somebody feels stuck. You say, when was the last time you you played with your craft? When was the yeah. last time you just let yourself play? Yeah, you know, because I, you know, I talk a lot about my my daughter. She's eight years old, and we have a table just for her and her art. Mm-hmm. And it's so fascinating looking around at, at all of the, the grown adults I know and myself who are trying to be creative and we just have to think about it so practically, you know, like, well, what's the point in this? What's the purpose in this? What can I make money off this? Well, will people like this? And I just look over at her and she's just drawing something because she wants to. Mm-hmm. And half the time she won't even let anyone look at it. Like she's, it's not for anyone else. It's just for the joy of it. Yes. I think that the art that is taken too seriously is unsuccessful art. Mm. You know, because what you're doing is you're trying to do a job. You're trying to, you're really trying to do the work. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not trying to create anything. You're just trying to imitate something that you already know. And instead of really creating something completely new. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think most artists, for la mayoría of artists, are doing something that they already know. Mm. You know, they are they are painting something that they already know. Yeah. Right? They're using the same, the, you know, the same brush in the same way that they have done it before. Yeah. So creativity doesn't mean you're repeating yourself with everything that you're doing, but creating something new. That's what create comes from. Create is doing something new. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something completely out of, you know, out of character, out of custom, out of all the things that you know. And I think that's very important when you when 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 you when you take too seriously your art, you stop creating. Mm. You uh, and and there is a point in which you should. 
You know, I, I, right. I, I think there's a point of create and there's a point of doing the work. Well, and there's a difference between, uh, you know, you don't want to take your work too seriously, but you do want to take your craft itself. Oh, absolutely. Seriously. And that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. It's like when you're working and you're doing the craft, the, the craftsmanship part, it should be very seriously. It's hard work. It's intensive work. And it is when you demonstrate your abilities as a painter or a sculptor or whatever, you know, I want my welds to be perfect mm -hmm. and I'm going to practice and I'm going to do a lot of my welds. Very, very hard, right. you know, learn you take it that, completely. You and, take that and craft good. super seriously so that you have the freedom to play with new ideas, already knowing how to craft them well. Oh, absolutely. So Cra that by the craftsmanship when, and art, yeah, is, when it comes time to play, you're like, I know how to weld this as yes. I've done it so many times. Yeah, you don't do you don't do creativity to actually do the to do the art. You know, craft. You know, you you craft your art without the creative part. You know, that is the hard part. That's the job. Mm -hmm. That is the that is the work that you're gonna put in there. That's the hours of of pounding metal cutting metal, welding metal, but you already created something. You know, you're just putting it together. Right. Right? Yeah. Uh, so the, the, the creativity part is really important. And that's why it doesn't have to be about art. It has to be about everything else in life. Whatever you do, be creative. Hmm. You know? So trying to, to pare this down to a, a quotable so that people can tweet about this you know that's what that's all they want from this podcast is to tweet things but okay <laughs> but don't listen to me <laughs> uh just do it mm. you know maybe maybe that is that is what what people need to do you know you think what is creativity you know maybe nike just do it just do it or shia labeouf you know i mean <laughs> but uh, i i think you know, there's there's a lesson for the artists here, um, which is, you know, yeah, what you're saying, like, feel, give yourself the freedom to play. Mm -hmm. um, if you've been at it for a long time, maybe you need to try something you're not good at, but mm -hmm. that is fun to you. Mm -hmm. And that will be good for you. And it will be hard because you're used to only doing what you're good at. And then if you're a new artist, um, just try all kinds of things, you know, try painting and try, you know, try drawing and try sculpting and try, you know, music and try even, and you might not be good at any of it, but it's okay. Like just play, do it, do it feels fun to you until you tap into something. And that's another thing though. Not everybody's an artist. Not everybody sure. can be an artist. Not everybody wants to be an artist. Well, and that's um, the lesson for, for the artists, for the non-artists. Um, you're saying like, there's still, there's a value to art that is other than the the craft and the output of it. It's more about That's retraining your brain to be more creative in other areas. Of course. Yeah. And and that comes with the appreciation for art. Mm. You know, the the fact that you can go and see something, visualize it, you know, understand it, form a vocabulary with it. And I think that's the creative part for the people that love art and don't want to 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 do it hmm. uh, and i think there's a there's a place for uh you know art has so many facets that people can tap in mm -hmm. you know that can become artists 
you know, you can become an artist without actually doing anything. Mm-hmm. You know, just by appreciating it and seeing it and experiencing it. Hmm. Uh, because uh, once you start seeing things, you know, it's just a wonderful trip. Hmm. It, it is. I mean, just, you know, that that's why I advise people uh, when they want to, for example, buy a piece of artwork, you know, uh, I think seeing the beauty of, of something is one thing, but appreciating the art for what it is is a different thing. Mm. For example, I I would not buy anything that is badly made. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to get close to it and I got to say, you know, where is the painting? How is it painted? You know, whether it's a, a Mickey Mouse paint or it's a very serious paint, you know, uh, I, I, you know, you see a sculpture and, and it really has to, has to have very well welds, you know, it has to be thought out and it has to be crafted beautifully. Mm-hmm. You know, all of those things actually add appreciation, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if you know all of those things, then you don't mind, you know, to think the importance of that piece that the artists have taken care of. Yeah. Well, I know that like as the longer I've been in, you know, the work of creating images, uh, the like the pickier and pickier I get about like which movies I'll watch or mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. if something and it there's a different there's there's things I'll watch for fun, you know, oh this is a cheesy horror movie from the eighties and of course, I know it's yeah, not well made, but it's just fun. But the then other things, you know, newer things I'll watch and I'll if it's not well made or if just if it, if the story is not well crafted, you know, it can mm-hmm. look beautiful, but there's no, there's not a good story. Like I can't bring myself to watch it. So it's interesting how you're, you know, I, I, I think a while ago I, I did learn one thing. I think uh, that artists, uh, particularly young artists, that they are so influenced by what others have done. Um, you know, they think, oh, I've done this picture, and they look at, at all the picture in a magazine, and they said, oh, this is wonderful. It looked like my picture. I mean, how much is their picture? It's worth $6,000. Oh, well, then I can put mine for 5000 It's going to be cheaper than that one. It's gonna be... <laughs> you know, I mean, they are like, okay, uh, but they don't know why they're putting the price on it. Mm. They just put in that price because they saw it somewhere else. It's the same way as people when they do artwork say, oh, somebody have done a beautiful cut. You know, then I'm going to do a beautiful cut too. I'm going to do a cut and I'm going to do it better than their cut, you know. <laughs> uh, but they don't But they don't look at this artist uh, has been doing it for 30 years. Sure. And they have a, you know, a reputation that that you know makes that work significant mm-hmm. uh, and you have to understand that what you're doing is just copying mm-hmm. you know Which everybody does at first but you have to know what of it is course. you're doing exactly <laughs> and it is you learn that's those are the yeah. those are the tools that you have out there to learn where you are as mm-hmm. an artist you right. know so uh, it's not it's not a bad thing to copy at first just so long as of you're course not trying not. to sell yourself as as someone that's not copying. Of course, of course. I mean, there, there is a lot of lessons for artists themselves, and and there's a lot of people also that buys work that need some lessons, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it's wonderful if you know what you like and what you, you know, what you're buying. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
like I always recommend to people, it doesn't matter who you are, you know, if you buy what you like, you don't care, you know, uh, what it is or who did it or anything like that, right? But you, you really like it and you want to invest on it. But if you're going to collect, then do research. Ah, so there's kind of different categories oh, of acquiring art. Absolutely. That's I mean, when, when, when I go, when I go and piece of buy, a, uh, buy a piece of artwork, you know, I buy a piece of artwork because I like it, mm-hmm. because I want to live with it, mm-hmm. right? But if I want to collect something that I know eventually I want that piece that increase the price and I want to resell yeah, it's like it learning, someday. You know, how to invest properly Investing. in the stock market or something. I mean, I, I, think, I think collectors invest in art. Collectors don't, don't just collect because they like it. They're investing, mm-hmm. you know, and they are not investing in, in actually, you know, the art today. They're investing in the art 20 years from now. You know, because time is the only, um, the only, uh, I, I guess, um, what would you call it, avenue or the, 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 the only measurement mm. that you have on whether the art is going to gain or lose its value is time. Interesting. It's, it's the only thing that art has, you know, because there are artists that are in between they stop being artists or mm-hmm. they don't do it anymore and they change and that art is just worthless. Uh, I think in the 90s, galleries, I mean museums, got so much art donated that those artists didn't go anywhere and they were trying to get rid of the art. Hmm. But it has some value that they have placed in the art. And how you get rid of something that somebody paid you know, $50,000 for it yeah, we. I mean, we want it to all be about the talent, but it isn't all about the talent. No, 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 no. In that world. Of course not. Uh, and that's a hard thing because I think that there are people out there, you know, especially here, that they aren't creating it for that world. And they don't need to create it for that world. They need to create it for themselves. And then there are other people that are further along that kind of do need to know how you play that game and how it works. You know, Of course. Uh, and artists have... A lot of that's just figuring out where you are. Yeah, and there is a there is a, a mature a maturity measurement that artists have to be very aware. Mm-hmm. You know, the more time that you have to spend in art, the more you learn about you yourself as an artist. I mean, I've been doing this for you know almost thirty years, so I have gone through a lot of experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, back and forth, back and forth, and what the significance of being an artist is. And the level of art that you make and where you find yourself and, you know, what kind of artist you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get to find out that in time. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you just don't go and ask somebody and then you say, oh, okay, this is what it is. <laughs> no, you have to experience it. Sure. You know, uh, because to get, to get a place, to get some place, perhaps it's not even not, it can be in anything, you know, uh, experience has a lot of value. Yeah. You know, uh, at least for yourself, you know, how much you have learned from it. Uh, nobody lives really in a vacuum where you, you have the answers we immediately, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. there, there is no instant gratification in knowing 
where your art is or how you're going to be, you know, if you're just starting. Mm. You know, I, I, I think there is a time that you have to give yourself. There's a maturity level that you have to acquire. Mm -hmm. And there is a, you know, just an experience that cannot replace anything. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in the length, the length of time that you have done the art dictates sometimes the durability of your art. You know, how much more, uh, we all have the same dream of fame, fortune, the, you know, we all have a dream of doing the masterpiece. Mm -hmm. We always want the art that is going to change the future of your career. We all want to do the pieces that actually take you to the next level. We all have these fantasies you know, or how, and sometimes art is right place, right time, you know, other is work, 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 others is just time. Mm. They, you know, everybody will have an opportunity. It's just how you get there that is different. Mm. You and know, staying in the game long enough. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, because it's, 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 it's how you measure yourself as an artist. Are you an artist to stay? Or are you an artist passing by? <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. and, and I think once you reach to a certain level or time of making your art, you know you're not going to go anywhere else. Mm -hmm. You know? So the value of what you are and what you do and all of that changes. For not only for the artist, but also for the buyer and for the collector, you know, <clears throat> they understand, you know, you yeah. are not going any, you know, anywhere, but you're going to stay in the game. Um, and so you, for sure, you know, I want to invest in you. Uh, but those that have not paid their dues, you know, they still have a chance to actually do something else, you know, mm -hmm. look for different tangents. Uh, and it's very fickle and very, and, and, you know, very difficult to predict, you know, what or where an artist is going to wind up mm -hmm. in a certain amount of time. Yeah. You know, uh, so how do you, you know, this is a kind of a question I have is you have both a humility about you, but also an honesty about, you know, that level of maturity and about what you know about art and about how long you've been at it. And I feel like there's a lot of people at that same stage or that same level of knowledge you have that do not have that humility, you know, that the rest of us would refer to as, as snobs. <laughs> you know, how do you develop that knowledge? How do you get to that point without becoming snobby about it? You know, how do you, because I think some people, especially around here, like people, uh, we do value that we are nice, that we are kind, that we are, you know, a fairly humble people and people are afraid, you know, well, if I really get into this, am I going to become, am I going to sound snobby to people? You know, am I going to, how do you, how do you do that? I do believe that it's an illusion uh, and it's a requirement, I think, for people to get to a point of snobbyity or, or, um, you know, um, importance or whatever they give to themselves uh, <clears throat> it's because mm, you know they they need those things to do what they do you know I, I don't think it's such a bad thing to be arrogant or anything like that 
you know, having an ego is a wonderful thing, you know, <laughs> it's a motivation for a lot of people. Hmm. Uh, I think I like to keep myself real, hmm. you know, uh, I want my art to change. I want my art to grow. Mm -hmm. I want my art to find its own way. But I want to remain the same person. Mm. You know, I don't have to change myself for my art to change. Mm. You know? Uh, I think there's I a lot want, of people that don't understand that. I want my art to be the snob. I want my art to be the <laughs> arrogant. I want my art to be the, the, the egotistical. So your art can have its own ego, but yes. you cannot. No, but I, I you know... Uh, and, and I think... And and I think that environment allows you to that to do that. This is a very conservative town. Mm -hmm. You know, I have very conservative views. Even though my art is a little more liberal, you know, because I deal with with creativity and the world. I have to be aware of the world to be able to to do the art that is going to make a difference. You know, if, if, if I was only uh, self-absorbed and doing what I want because I want it, then my art had no significance for anybody else, you mm. know, only for my closet. <laughs> no, but I want, I want my art to speak, you know, a language of the times. I want my art to say the things that I cannot say it but because my art has a life of itself. Well, that's what art is for, isn't it? Exactly. It's to say the things that we can't say. Exactly. You know, so uh, even though the art reflects who I am as a person, you know, because this is what identifies me, mm -hmm. my art, uh, I want to make an, I want, I, I want them to have a distinction between, uh, you know, there are two separate, two separate entities. Mm. You know, my art has a soul of, of of its own. You know, an art without soul cannot survive. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a soul that lives within me. You know, and that is I cannot live without that. Whether that has to do with spirituality or it has to do with you know any secular entity it doesn't it doesn't matter where what it is your soul is your soul right mm -hmm. and if it transmits who you are in the soul that the art has then it's it's a wonderful thing you know i mean it is like okay now the art is living and it has a life of its own um so I don't have to attach myself to it. You can say anything about my art and it would be okay with me. You know, so much of the time people attach themselves so much that they don't let the art free. Mm -hmm. That That's the ego part. You know, take ownership so strongly of your art that you think that you're the only one can understand it <laughs> and that you are telling people all of this stuff and if they don't get it, it's because they're ignorant. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, that's what I was talking about is when that, that pride gets in the way and starts. Yeah. You know. So that art becomes very insignificant. Hmm. You know, that, that, that art doesn't have a place on, in, in people's lives. You know, people have to be able to, 
embrace, you know, this, you know, these things. You know, they don't necessarily have to buy it, mm-hmm. but they have to embrace it. In other words, they have to create their own language. They have to have a communication with it. You know, they have to have an opinion about it, you know, and they have to be free about it. You know, if I put an, an artwork out there that somebody says, oh, how a horrible thing it is, it affects me so much. That means I am holding so tightly to my work that I, I cannot allow people to say anything bad because I'm going to come back and say, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. But whatever they say about my work, I'm going to say thank you. Your opinion has value. And I appreciate that opinion, no matter how hurtful or how bad you think it is. <laughs> at least you took you're talking time about, to look at it and say something. You're talking about, about the art. Yeah. You're not talking about me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and see, that's, man, that's what I think that's one of the hardest lessons for artists to go through. Uh, and I, I still have to battle with this. And I think everyone does is, is that your art is not you. <laughs> you know, separating your identity from your work. I, I think I think that's what destroys a lot of people. Yeah, and I think it's you. I think it's you. But it it's is a, an extension of but you. But it's an extension of you. Exactly. Yeah, it's, but not it's not you. you. Yeah. So I want the art to reflect who I am, of mm-hmm. course. But I don't want to live my life through that piece of artwork. Right. But if you post a picture of it on social media and you get a bunch of negative comments, it's not going to destroy you. No, no, you know of course it's not. not. You. <laughs> of course not. You know, no. as long as they're talking about the art. But that's that's the age we live in. You know, and if they said, Jorge, you're an idiot. You know, you shouldn't be doing this. Then I'll take it personal. I said, why? You know, and you <laughs> have to give me a good reason why. I will have a dialogue with you, mm-hmm. you know, and I will ask you why. But I will not get so hurt to where I, it will affect, you know, my art. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it went, I, I went through, I went through that uh, for a long time when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I, I went through that a lot where where whatever people say about my art, I took it very personal and hurtful, and then I would try to change it. Mm. So how did you overcome that? Uh, maturity. Mm. I think it takes time. So it's it's time again. There yeah. it is. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think nothing can be fixed immediately. You know, It's not like going to Walmart and exchanging a pair of shoes that you didn't like. Mm. You know? Uh, I have taken a lot of crud from people personally, you know, uh, because uh, people say something bad about my art. I took it very personal, you know, and it's hurtful, you know, and the the, the, the thing that you try to do is try to make that person happy. Mm-hmm. You know, if you say that my art needs this, then I'm going to do what you said because I want you to be happy about it. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard thing to to learn, is to stop thinking that whatever opinion people have, that you have to go and fix it for them. Yeah. Well, I, I read a thing once um, I've, I've tried to stick to for the most part, which says, you know, obviously, then again, it's a balanced thing where you have to, you, you can't just listen to the whole internet or <laughs> every person that comes along and looks at your work, because if you change it for them, you're going to be in a perpetual state of change. But at the same time, you don't want to be so closed off to mature opinions that you can't, you know, get advice that will help you. Right. And so kind of inviting in a small council, basically, you know, you say these, you know, these three people or these five people, these are the people I will consistently listen to. And I will consistently ask and I will encourage them, 
uh, to be completely honest with me always, even if it makes me uncomfortable. Um, and these are the people I listen to and everyone else, you know, I'll dialogue with them and, and I'll take in their opinion, but I'm not going to let it influence my work. You know, you yeah. just tune out because you have to, you have to tune out, you know, what, what's the comments that are happening on social media and, and all of that, which is even harder now than ever. Oh yeah, because uh, you know, right now you are exposed to everything that you do every day mm -hmm. uh, that you cannot escape. You know, um, I, I, a lot of people say you have to be hard because you know that's the only way to survive. No, no, you don't have to be hard. You don't. You don't have to be anything. <laughs> All you have to do is honest. You have mm -hmm. to be honest. Uh, do you do the work because you want to? Because there's something to do. Or do you do the work because you really want to say something? And if you have something to say, it doesn't matter, you know, uh, what avenue you choose to say it, as long as you say something <laughs> that is consistent, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I, I am very careful, or I try to be very careful with not to influence so much how people view my work. Mm. In other words, I don't want to tell anybody how to look at my work. I don't want to speak about my work in detail as this is what I was thinking about it. And so you have to be able to see that. <laughs> do, do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. What I want is people to bring their own, to put themselves there, to have their own opinion. Because that opinion is going to help me more than repeating what I have already said in the work. Mm -hmm. You know, an artist appreciates people talking about their work. You know, positive or negative, it doesn't matter. Mm. Talking about their work is, it, it says so much about people responding yeah. to what you do. And that is the only thing that fulfills an artist. Of course, selling it for a good price is a wonderful thing. <laughs> but having a response to your work is the most fulfilling thing. Right. You know, I think if when people said, Jorge, you know, I get this from this, it's much more value than, Jorge, this is a nice piece. Oh, well, thank you. You know, but that's it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like a high, you know. And you go on. Mm -hmm. But what happens if your high becomes, hey, how are you doing? You know, what have you been doing? And you 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 have a conversation and a dialogue. Mm. It, that's more fulfilling, correct? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Than than just say hi and then go by. <laughs> you don't want people to chit chat with your artwork. <laughs> well, they can chit chat as long as the chit chat comes with a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because if you have coffee with somebody, you can't you can't stop at chit chat. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like responses. Uh, there is not a bad response. Hmm. If it is honest, you're gonna get it. If, if it is a bunch of bull, you're gonna get it too. <laughs> you know. So I think responses are the bread and butter of an artist. And it helps us mature. It helps us look at, at things differently. Mm. I don't want to be the only 
observer and the only one that has an opinion about my art. Yeah. You know, I, I, I put it out there so that it creates dialogue. That, that uh, it is something that people talk about. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I think it's wonderful when people, you know, talk about it with other people as if they know about the art. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is the most awesome thing that you can ever do. They have one piece of mind and they think, well, this is wonderful because the artists are trying to do this or this or that. You know, I mean, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. To me, that is very, very Not gratifying. Only appreciating what they're sharing. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is when they have their own opinion about it. It's creating a dialogue with them. They see something, you know, a little bit more that they want to talk about. Mm -hmm. The hardest thing for an artist is to be dismissed. Mm. It is the most deadly feeling of yeah. an artist if your art is dead. If your art doesn't have a soul, if your art doesn't have anything to say, if your art is nothing mm -hmm. but just an object, right? Yeah. And I think that is very sad. Uh, but what, uh, you know, there, there is, I think there are points in your life where you're going to be completely disappointed with what you do, not because of what you have done. It is because you what what the result has been, you know. Nobody yep. really having anything interesting to say, you know. And and it's well, sometimes it's even you of, get bored with saying exactly, <laughs> you know. And the truth is, you know, most of us are, are are completely bored with our own hearing our own voices. Oh yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, we we do the art, and if we keep hearing our own voices then the art is not going to go anywhere. Yeah. We have to hear other voices. We have to hear yeah. somebody else's. I, that's another thing that I talk to people about when they get in those ruts is, you know, have you been taking anything in? Mm -hmm. You know? That, but our uh, our time is running short, but... Uh, and we haven't said anything. <laughs> I, I would love this to just be a five-hour <laughs> episode. I really would. Uh but I, I feel like I need to ask you a couple of silly questions. Uh, so here, here's, here's my first. What's, your, what's the, uh, the best response you've had to your accent? So you've got that a beautiful Peruvian accent. The best response? Yeah, what's, what is you know, the, the funniest response you've had? Um, oh, gosh, I don't know. There has been so many that I can't remember any. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 but I do think that uh, when when people said, uh, um, you know, something like the language is hard, uh -huh. you know, and uh, or or they said. That is amazing that you can learn the language. Uh, my brain is saying, mm, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, to me, because 
after 30 something years of being in America, you would think that you have learned the language, the language very well. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, you would think so. I, I would assume. But no, you don't. <laughs> you still have like you're doing okay. You still have, you know, <laughs> mistakes and you still have quirks, you know, here and there. And and then, you know, people think you must, you know, you must have been speaking for two years. <laughs> So you're getting a response like, oh, man, in these few months you've been here, oh, you've yes. really oh, done yeah. well. Oh, yeah. I've done, you've done very well, you know. And, and I'm thinking, oh, my God. Do you have your, you have, you have your green card yet? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, some, or, or somebody's saying, oh, how cute. That's so wonderful. What? The way you speak. I said... So cute, Jorge. Yeah, so cute as well. Hey, do Artists I go love to, to an be American, called cute? That's do I go to an American? I said, "Oh, that's so cute! How wonderful that you speak English." <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody does oh, that. Man. Hey, I'm an American. I speak English. I have an accent and all of that stuff, but I don't go to anybody and say, "Oh, how cute your English! <laughs> how wonderful that you talk that English!" You know, I love your accent. I said. What accent? I don't have any accent. I don't hear my accent. Well, I'm sure you do to a Peruvian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> accent uh, me? Accent? What accent? I don't have any accent. So, so here, here's my my final question. What's your favorite spot in Joplin? It could be, you know, restaurant or, or a coffee shop or a, a park or what? What's your favorite place here? After after 30 years, you've had a little while to. I've only given you a few seconds to think about it. Wow. <laughs> but you've my, had to... <laughs> my favorite spot. Your favorite spot. Hmm. I, I think in the middle of nowhere in a farm. <laughs> I think that would be my favorite spot. Really? Where 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 if you're allowed to, if you're allowed to go in. <laughs> You know, everyone uh, right now, Jorge, saying go invade a farm. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's a space within your own space is very hard to find. Mm. Uh, I, I I think that we all are looking for a space. You know, uh, you don't know how exhausting it is to live. You know, just life itself is very exhausting. It's true. And so when you can go somewhere in complete isolation, then you find your best spot. Mm. You know, uh, I don't think I, you know, I don't, I don't think I really uh, do anything so consistent in one place to say this is my favorite spot. You know, I think in my favorite spot probably right there in, you know, in my studio. <laughs> you know, that that's where I am consistently there yeah, all the there time, right? But I kind of, I kind of love, I kind of, I kind of love actually uh, to find places. You know, a new coffee shop, mm-hmm. uh, a new place where they serve sweets, yeah, a new ice cream place. More and more new, surprises. Yeah, I, I think I think the surprising places are much more interesting than than the spots itself. Uh, I think I think people have favorite places, 
but they don't necessarily go in there all the time. Sure. You know, um, I find myself uh, going places where nobody goes, you know, they are not necessarily attractive places or anything like that, you know, uh, and only because it's completely new. Well, if because you're an artist, you can find the beauty in those places. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's, it sounds it's, like a it's, very it's meaningful new. thing to end on, doesn't it? <laughs> to, well, to me, you know, uh, I think I know Joplin everywhere, <laughs> everywhere already, you know, that sure. it's, it's very hard to define one specific place. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. <clears throat> There have been places where I cons- con- consistently gone because of something interesting that have happened there, you know, that have that have been, uh, and like sometimes I find I find myself and you know looking at the machinery over in Shevardeke uh, Park. You know, mm. because I, not for the history, not for any other stuff, but uh, I think you find it every time that you go and look at, at that old machinery, there is always different. <laughs> there is always another piece that you discover in that machinery. Huh. You know, uh, you can look all day long, but then you have missed one part. And the next time that you go, there is that part. And and until you discover that you have seen all of the parts, probably gets very boring, <laughs> you know. But I found myself wondering sometimes, you know, there's nobody around. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I find myself all alone looking at those, at those that machinery. And it's just wherever your mind can get a break from life. Mm-hmm. You know, you just don't think about anything else other than just that missing part. (laughs) Well, I'm going to end it on that. It has been a delight talking with you today. Um, You definitely have a better accent than all our guests so far. Uh, (laughs) My apologies to them, but I mean, I don't think they're going to (laughs) argue. Well, I will say this. It's always, always, always a pleasure, a pleasure. Not a pressure. <laughs> it's a pressure. It's, pleasure. it's always a pleasure. Uh, talking about art. Because so few opportunities that you find here to find people that can take you in, you know, in depth with a conversation. And that's what we miss. Well, that's the idea. Is I, I have one of these conversations with you every time I come over. And I want to share that experience. And so I hope many, many people listen to this. So that they know the pleasure of having a conversation with you about art, and maybe maybe they'll call you up or and see if they can come over. Oh, maybe at the very say, least, oh my God, you know, I, I drive know. around and, and look at your work around town. Oh, certainly, people are very welcome to to come and and look at the stuff that I do. And uh, yeah, I'm yeah. always I'm always available for 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 people. 
But that's like a, I said, a very you know, rare thing still, with artists. It's still a, it's still a studio, a working studio, and right. Don't, if, don't if, drop if, in. If I'm busy, if <laughs> I'm you busy, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be <laughs> taking the time. Right. Off, don't, don't, don't scale the gate if it's closed. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you want to see Jorge's work, you can visit JorgeLevaStudio.com, and you can see portraits of Jorge and samples of his portfolio at JoplinToad.com, issue three. We also encourage you to tune in to our other interviews by following the Joplin Toadcast on your favorite podcasting platform. This podcast is brought to you by the Joplin Toad, an online culture and humor magazine that loves the city of Joplin, Missouri. This episode was introduced by me, Jarrell Jackson, hosted by Mark Nine Schwander, produced and edited by Jeremiah Jones, and our music was provided by Elijah Pruitt. Later, Toads!